Hey, I'm Lance Frazier. Name of Rosenberg. My name is Trey Mason. You're listening to the Piffles Podcast. I'm Cameron Marshall, and you're listening to the Piffles Podcast. This is fun. Stay tuned. Another week, another win for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and a little sprinkle of Jesus on top of it. This is the Piffles Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Off the top there, that was the Johnny McKegg Band with Here We Go. We are your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Steve. I've got no voice. Well, that's from uh, yelling sprinkles. Or I something. guess so. I don't know. But the question is, did you have a corn dog? I did not. You should have. Would it heal me? Uh, probably. As long as you don't put ketchup on it. That was weird. Ketchup's a fine condiment for a hot dog. It's fine, but mustard is where you go. Steve, don't weigh in on this because I know you're wrong. Give us a follow on Twitter. Nothing on a corn dog. (laughs) Give us a follow on Twitter at PifflesPod. You can follow me at RealAlexD. You can follow me at Nothing on a Corn Dog. Follow me at Greg on Sports. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash PifflesPodcast. Check us out on Instagram. Just search PifflesPod. And of course, our website, PifflesPodcast.com. Piffles Podcast brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. They're on Skip the Dishes. And uh, Thursday, August 8th, is Miracle Treat Day. So Ooh. get yourself a blizzard and all the proceeds go to uh, the Children's Health Foundation. Oh, that's tomorrow. A-, a blizzard? Well, like, at a time. Go there like 40 times. Get yourself 40 blizzards. Okay. Oh, I get two tomorrow. We get them from work and Furlan's not at work this week and he ordered one. I'm eating his. Yeah. Suck it, Ferlin. Uh, so go to your local Dairy Queen, specifically the one on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Miracle Treat Day, always good there. Piffles Podcast, we're a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. We have a lot to get to, so let's jump right in. Time for the opening kickoff. So you guys got that uh, sprinkle of Jesus, right? Everywhere. That's what you need your donuts with now, right? Absolutely. Cody Fajardo leading this team to another victory. Four out of five with a little sprinkle of Jesus on a bad ankle as well against Hamilton last week. Riders now at four and three. Hottest team in the CFL right now. And uh, going, let's go back to that game. That was last Thursday, so it's an eternity from, from now that it happened. But uh, what a game that was, especially that final drive led by Cody Fajardo and special thanks to Kyron Moore on that. I, I had to laugh. I was sitting there as we kicked that field goal with, what was it, two minutes left going, is this the time to kick the field goal? You're, you're, in, you're in the red zone. Go for the major. This is stupid. As soon as we score the touchdown, I turned to the guys beside me. That was a great coaching decision. They are way smarter than me. I love that game. I love games that go right down to the wire. Give me that 18 weeks of the year plus great cup and playoffs. But you look at how that game started. I thought it was going to be a rout. Dane Evans' first play from scrimmage throws an interception. Like I thought the, it was just going to be, okay, rookie, maybe doesn't look as hot as everyone thought it was going to be. And then Riders left the gas, what, third quarter, and Ticats keep comes, coming back? Or? I don't know if that was so much the Riders left, you know, let their feet off the gas or realized that they were down two all-star defensive tackles and 
got no pressure on Dane Evans from basically the second half on. And what a difference that makes. Everyone's going after Mike about how his lack of stats this year, but once he was out of that game, yep. that defensive pressure was completely non-existent. Yeah, and especially with the fact that they only had you know, two defensive tackles on the roster beyond those two, you're playing those guys non-stop for the rest of the game. It makes a huge difference. I know I've seen way too much of Mac Henry for my own good. The penalties he's taking, tripping, even though I don't even know if he actually touched the guy. Wow, well, that it still looked bad. Like that was a full, yeah. Uh, he swept the leg, Johnny. You, you stick your foot out like that, even if you don't make contact. If the guy goes down, ref's gonna call that, and they're, they should. They're late penalties. They're just stupid penalties. That's what bugs me the most. Is like it's not you're trying to make a play. It's you're you're being stupid. The funny thing, is, well, and I've gone on record. I've called him a meathead. I don't know how many times on this show. He is a meathead. He can be a good player, but he he rides that line between. Dumb player and really aggressive. And he's made a lot of dumb plays that game. He needs to tone those back, especially if we're out Evans or Johnson for any extended period of time. And Zach Evans put on the six-game injured list. Who knows what's going on? They say it's a hip injury, which I didn't really see a hip. They, they were holding his arm when they took him out of the game. That, that confused me, too. I yeah. thought it was definitely he was arm walking or wrist. Out. He wasn't moving that right arm at all. And his left arm was just swinging away like a normal walk. How the hell that became a hip injury? Maybe he was holding his hip in place? I don't know. Who knows? Um, But you guys mentioned Micah Johnson as well, too. He may or may not play against Montreal. We'll talk about that in the Tallgrass Apparel Enemy Preview. The other Evans, Shaq Evans. Hey, remember a few short weeks ago when people wanted this guy cut? And now he went into last week as the league leader in, in receiving yards, and now he's number two? Man, didn't they and I look stupid. He's turned into an absolute beast. I was... He was their offense in the first half. I always thought he had talent. It was obvious he had talent. It always just seemed like those easy passes. He just it would just get into his head, and he would get fumble fingers. And we'll get to the, someone with fumble f- fingers shortly. But um, no, it's it's great. Him and Fajardo have seemed to find a uh, cohesion that you want to see in your number one um, receiver and your quarterback. So, yeah, I, I like that chemistry they got going on right now. And the, the thing I like best about him is they, they made a comment about, is he an elite receiver yet on Twitter? And he replied, or quote tweeted it with, no, I'm not. I still have a lot of work to do. He, he knows he can continue to get better. And that's what I like to see out of a guy that, that that's that young and that talented. The good news is he, he's honest, too, because he does. He's got a lot of, he's had some really great games and he's looked really, really good. But, yeah, he's he's got a lot of work to go before he can be considered an elite receiver in this league. And the the part about that game that was the best was he, he was going up against Delvin Bro all game long, and he made him look awful. Okay, Ken, I want to bring up... Let's talk about Delvin Bro for a second. Has he lost a step? I don't think so. Because Harker, the first game, Harker went right at him too. And everyone's like, oh, you don't throw a Delvin Bro. You don't throw a Delvin Bro. Doesn't this rookie know what he's doing? But Bro looked like a normal man that game too. I think his reputation... Is not, doesn't precede him anymore. It exceeds him. I love watching Shaq Evans go off in that game. That was so much fun. 160 yards in the first... Well, he had, what, 130 or 40 in the first half? So he's a big big play guy, and he's, he's Cody Fajardo's favorite target. Keep it on the receivers uh, before we get to the, the rider moves. Really quick, maybe this is a discussion for later, but uh, Manny Arsenault, Naaman Roosevelt, do you, Are they still enter, on the team? do you entertain offers for him? Maybe not so much Arsenal. But I don't think Ar- I don't. I don't think you move Arsenal, but I, if someone makes the right play for Rosie, maybe. 
I love the guy. He's a great player. He's he's great in the clutch. But if you can get back a decent package for him, I would take. I would listen to offers. As good as a receiver as he still is, he's not that top tier anymore, and he's clearly not getting enough targets or not doing enough with them to necessitate, you know, the big salary that he has. And and he's not a number one in this offense anymore. He's number three behind Evans and Moore. And and it's only going to get worse if uh, Jordan Williams Lambert shakes loose from Chicago. They're going to have to make room, as it looks like that is a, a distinct possibility where he is on the death chart. I would actually put Roosevelt right now behind Watson because Watson is a, gets more targets than he does. And Watson is producing. He's he's doing very well. I think we're all kind of dumbfounded by that this year. Not that you know he's a bad player by any means, but we just didn't expect this kind of production from Watson. I, I never thought the day would come this season where I would be disappointed to see Corey Watson hurt on the ground. I, I was... I was actually scared for our team's future at that moment, and then that was weird. Well, we can talk about Roosevelt as the uh, season progresses here. Um, no, you don't make a trade right now, but I think you at least entertain offers. You, you do listen. Like I, like I said, if a, if a package came in that made sense, yeah, you'd contemplate it. Do you pull the trigger? I don't know, but you're definitely listening to offers now. Yeah, you don't shop them. No. He might have a potential replacement for Shaq Evans in this game on the on the roster now. He might uh, Shaq Evans hurt his ankle in, in practice this week and may not play. We don't know quite yet. Um, Kenny Stafford, former Edmonton Eskimo, now uh, he's a rider. Riders trading Christian Jones to Kenny Stafford. I, for one, let me just say really quick, I am absolutely amazed that Jeremy O'Day got anything for Christian Jones, let alone a guy who's having kind of a career year like Kenny Stafford. Um, yeah, no kidding. Like, remember when Alex Anthopoulos became the GM of the Blue Jays and he moved Wells when everyone thought no one could get anything for Wells and he made a bunch of moves that people thought he made steals on? This is like, Jeremy O'Day's doing the same thing right now with the Claros trade and getting something back for Christian Jones, especially a guy who's actually producing. And don't get me wrong, I've, I've made several jokes at Kenny Stafford's expense about his catching abilities, but, um... He's having a hell of a year, and he's only going to help his offense, especially if Evans is down. And Christian Jones is a guy who couldn't even crack this active roster. This is a guy who was the, you know, the healthy scratch for the last few games. And with the amount of returns that they have on this team, Kyron Moore, um, Luches Purifoy, and um, Marcus, Thigpen. Marcus Thigpen, Christian Jones right now, he's a one-trick pony. He's not getting in on this roster, so the fact that they got something is incredible. And, of course, one other uh, roster move for the Riders here, of note anyway, KD Cannon cut, apparently asked for his release. Um, wasn't happy he wasn't put on the roster, and Arsenal took his spot, I guess. So he asked for a cut, or asked for his release, and I guess that makes, that makes a little more sense, considering they traded for the receiver. Yeah, it looked like he had all the potential in the role. He just couldn't seem to crack this roster. And you, you got to you got to feel for the guy. He asks for his release because he can't make the roster on, on the same day that we uh, we make that trade, and then hours later, Shaq Evans hurts himself, and it looks like he could possibly get on the roster uh, based on that alone. Guy had talent, but so did everybody else ahead of him. This is it's a it's a good problem to have when your uh, your your guys on the bench are too good to to stay there. Yeah, no kidding. I, like depth is. Uh... One thing I'm glad we really have. There's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. Check out her Facebook page, Kathy Festion Royal LePage. 
before we get to stuff this week, we let's take a look around the CFL from last week really quick. Hey, remember that time that Toronto beat Winnipeg? <laughs> <laughs> remember that time that Winnipeg talks so much smack, especially on Twitter? They're coming to Toronto and they're just going to leave after a win like Kawhi Leonard. And uh, remember how they were up 20 to nothing over Toronto and lost 28-27? I remember. Hey, remember... Uh... 1990. Oh, nothing. Nothing makes me happier than watching that fan base implode on their on their starter. Although I did say I was going to stick to positivity this week, I, I kind of let that go out the window pretty quick. I I, I want to see more of this from Winnipeg. Please continue to lose. I I stand by. I cannot wait to go to Banjo Bowl where it's going to be torches and pitchforks again. Like that. Like, they boo. They booed Nichols more than we did. During during a what was the ad for? Uh, abused women, anyone? Abused right. women shelter or something? Like, like oh my god! Out here doing good things and you're booing them. You're you're doing a man doing charity work. Good job, Winnipeg. Can't wait to boom again at the Banjo Bowl. Oh, it's gonna be so good. And the good news is we'll have like thirty thousand Winnipeg Blue Bombers fans doing it with us. <laughs> and then we can watch Steve's favorite, Hard Eyes no, Emojis. No, no, shut up. <laughs> uh. One more thing around the CFL here. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell throwing. Sounds like he'll play next week. He's not going to play against uh, Winnipeg coming up this week. but uh, Why not? It's a guaranteed win for them anyway. <laughs> they're on the road. Short weeks, so I don't know. That's that's not a gimme game in Winnipeg. I know. I just They lost to Toronto. That's true. Yeah. That's a great point. Whenever a, t- any- a team that's averaged they're losing by, to, to lose this year by over 20 points a game. And Winnipeg lost to them. So, like, whenever anything happens this year and we mention Winnipeg, please mention that again. They lost to Toronto. Please, that's your job for the rest of the season, Steve. We don't really delegate jobs with the Pivles podcast, but that is your job. So you guys are going to start doing design work, too? No. (laughs) We'll tell you about design work. Are you going to start editing shows? I've done it. Are you going to do it more? Because that'd be great. I can do do it less on my plate right now. I can do it. (laughs) Uh, but most most importantly, uh, last week in the CFL was uh, Toronto beat Winnipeg. Uh, nothing else really happened. No. Yeah. Montreal doesn't have an owner. <laughs> the Eskimos got a new president, and it's not Camus Reed. I swear to God, he has Bismarcky on uh, speed dial. That's how he got that job. He's just a friend. I say he's just a friend. Bismarcky. <laughs> oh, we should have done that. Oh, baby, hey, you, got you got what, what I, I need. need. But, but you, you say he's just, just a friend. friend. Would you say he's just a friend? Oh, maybe you! What in the actual hell is going on? You have... I promise you, you've heard that song. Just a Friend by Bismarcky. Look it up. I promise. You'll, uh... You've heard it. I promise. We could play it, but copyright issues. Yeah. We won't. Um... <laughs> the look of confusion on his face. Well, let's get to something Steve knows a little bit more about. Uh, so we're have... not talking about football anymore? <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Right well, now. maybe not. I don't know. Star Wars? Yeah, you have a Star Wars suit, an R2-D2 suit. I do. That's really... I'm not a Star Wars geek or anything, but that's a really cool suit. I got to wear that in front of my entire company. That was great. <laughs> and nobody was surprised. Moving along here. <laughs> Time for this week's Underdogs Memorabilia Pivots Player Profile. Steve, you hit up practice. You went with Sheldon. I did. Actually. And uh, you got to catch up with Dakota Shepley. I did. We got to talk a little Marvel. A Omega, little bit more. Omega Green. More nerd no. stuff that I know nothing about, so I'll, I guess I'll learn about it here. Let's uh, let's hear from Dakota Shepley. This week on the Pipples Player Profile, we're joined by number 64, Dakota Shepley. Dakota, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, fellas. 
So you spend a little bit of time down south. What's the biggest difference you've noticed, you know, in, in practice and in, in game day between the CFL and the NFL as an alignment? As an offensive lineman, it's it's got to be the the yard at the line of scrimmage. I mean, that just changes the the entire tempo, in my opinion, of practice because everything just happens right in your face right now. So, um, just you know, getting used to a little bit of unlearning coming back to the Canadian game um, and getting used to that yard and line of scrimmage, I'd say, is the biggest difference. As an O lineman, do you have a preference between which uh, which you do? I mean. There's pros and cons to both. I kind of enjoy the no yard in in the states, uh, simply because as a guard I can set behind the center and just give myself that yard if I really wanted to. And if it was uh, if if the play called for me getting on the guy right now, then I could you know set a little closer to him. So I mean, there's a little bit more room to play with. So I think I like it a little, little bit more for that reason. But I mean, it is what it is, right? Fair enough. And expanding on that, what do you think was the biggest thing you noticed going from uh, like college to the pro ranks? I mean, just preparing like a pro. I mean, in, in, in university, you're focused on school and parties and girls and whatever's going on Friday night after the game or whatever. So I think just being able to really hone in on, on your routine and kind of figure out who you are as a person uh, and as a professional, I think that's the biggest jump from that I've seen from school to the pros is just how you prepare. So you're not preparing for a game, you're not in the gym, you're not at practice. What do you do to keep busy? Man, I just uh, I just started the office for the first time ever. I've never seen it before, and I'm like a big film buff. So whether whether it be TV or movies, so I'm surprised. I'm very shocked at myself, and frankly, pretty disappointed that I hadn't started sooner because it's absolutely hilarious. I started it two weeks ago. And uh, I'm on season seven. Like I'm, I've just been cranking it out. So, I, uh, I get home and watch that until I fall asleep. Man, it's just, it's a grind. Yeah, no. So, <laughs> I, I work at a cubicle and I still haven't seen it. It's on my list. Really? So, dude, <laughs> get on it. Yeah. Uh, so going back to football, what, uh, what would you say is the most difficult drill you guys got to go through at practice? I mean, anytime we're going against our own defense, I think. That's got to be the toughest. It's not necessarily a drill because you're really going against yourself and, you know, really trying to perfect technique when you're, doing, when you're talking about drills. But, I mean, when we get into the team periods and we're going, we're preparing to play this week, we're preparing to play Hamilton and we're going against our defense, which isn't Hamilton. And, you know, our guys are the best guys, in my opinion. So going against the best D-line, it's, that's the toughest, man. Trying to focus on technique, but also you want to win the rep against the guy that, like Micah Johnson is just... You know, it's pretty tough. No pads either, so it's, just, it's, it's catered to the D line. Whatever. Anyway. So, so as an old lineman, which, which do you prefer at the end of the at the end of the game, assuming your team wins, zero sacks or a dominant rushing performance? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I'm gonna say zero sacks because I don't want Cody to get hurt. So, you know, rushing is fine after a win. It doesn't really matter as long as we won, but if we can if we can win and say we got zero sacks done, uh, I think that's more impressive than a high rushing game in my opinion. Going on two straight games, that's not too shabby. I mean, two <laughs> games with the same team back to back, so I think this would be the real test for us. But I mean, yeah, two 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 games yeah. <laughs> is still pretty cool. Okay, and speaking of that, like, how does an offensive lineman like truly grade himself? Um, 
partially. I think, you know, I'm my my most my hardest critic as far as grading myself. Um, and uh, you know, it's tough because you know what what would be a positive play and what maybe the coach would grade out as as a double positive would maybe be a double negative in in my view just because oh I don't like the way I did this and I can improve on this and you know you're constantly finding things to improve on and picking yourself apart which is good and bad and I think I think for the most part it's good so I mean yeah that that would probably be it and just being tough on yourself now, like I said, we, we want to get to know a little bit more about you away from the field. Now, you spent a little time on a Hollywood movie set. Uh, I mean, I'm a big uh, Marvel nerd, cool. so I'm, uh, I'm a little jealous on that. <laughs> what was the, uh, how, how long did you have to spend uh, in the makeup room? So, yeah, the first, the first day they brought me in to, like, actually test the makeup, because they, they had brought me, they flew me out to L.A. to, uh, to get, like, a live cast in my face, which is pretty much just a making a mold of my face so they can fill it with plaster and sculpt basically. So the first time they actually put on my face, it took them like six and a half hours almost. And they kind of narrowed it down to about four every day. Um, so yeah, it was, I mean, I got paid for it, so I'm not complaining, but yeah, it was, it was quite long. Uh, any nicknames in college? Nah. Coda, D, no, nah, not really. I haven't really thought about it. Nothing that's stuck, that's for sure. Coda. I'm Coda. Do you got any hidden talents that people might not know about you? I played the drums since I was three. I've always been a musician. I think music was my first love. My dad's a guitar player, so he got me into the drums, so he had someone to jam with, uh, you know, when I got the hang of it and coincidentally got the hang of it right away, so I just had a knack for music my whole life. All right, last up, we got a couple of sure. quick rapid-fire questions. Okay. First word that comes to, or first thing that comes to mind. Favorite Dairy Queen Blizzard? Uh... The strawberry shortcake one. Uh, fave, or game day meal. Uh, I just have a big breakfast, honestly. I don't eat anything before the meal. I just have a massive breakfast. Go-to team in Madden? I don't play sports games. Yeah, just straight racing. Fair enough. Uh, dinner with one person, dead or alive. Who are you, who are you having with you? Um, probably uh, Chris Kyle, the snipe, American sniper. Yeah. And last question for you: Who's who's gonna play Dakota Shepley in a in a movie about his life? Uh, what's Buddy's name there? From Oceans, the old guy, George Clooney. Let's go, George Clooney. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks, fellas. There was the underdogs memorabilia, Piffles player profile, Dakota Shepley of the Riders, offensive lineman. Now let's get to a couple questions here that we got uh, from uh, on Twitter and Facebook today. Steve, why does you, why do you hate on Chris Strevler every time we mention his name? Because he, in my opinion, without a doubt, is the most overrated player in the CFL. Most overrated. I've seen so many better quarterbacks. You look at like James Franklin the last few years, who've actually done something before they were anointed the next thing. All he does is run for touchdowns and. Throw it as hard as he can. No accuracy, minimal talent. Dude's a bum. Okay, maybe not not a bum, but I don't think he's quite the... Uh, Michael Bishop or Chris Trebler? Fold the team. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, who will be traded or acquired tomorrow since we record tonight? So last week we recorded on, uh, what was it, Tuesday night? <laughs> and and then the next day, Zach Clarence <laughs> gets, gets traded. And we all said... 
Kalaros wouldn't be traded. You know, we didn't talk about this actually. We should we should jump into this right now. The fact that we got anything, let alone a fourth round draft pick that could escalate to, to a, a second? second round pick for Zach Kalaros, Jeremy O'Day. If we did like heroes and zeros or like champions and champions or something like Jeremy O'Day would be on the king list of that. Just fantastic. Like Strebler would be a chump. Like sorry. Like Pop has to be desperate. Like I I can't explain why you would even trade for him. Must a little fire under uh, Bethel Thompson because he came out with a win after against Winnipeg. Ha, Winnipeg sucks. <laughs> I was I was that's my job. Like, Stop it. You're too slow. He didn't even finish his sentence. <laughs> um, hopefully nobody gets traded or well maybe acquired, but. I don't know. I don't think we'll see anything else happen uh, in the next couple days anyway. Maybe something next week, but definitely not. Yeah, now. not before game time anyway. But uh, Zach Claros, uh, well, I mean, if he's healthy and he passes all the protocol, teams are kind of, you know, their hands are tied as to what they can do. But even when he was healthy, he did not look like Zach Claros of 2015 that everyone seems to think is going to come back. Nope. But you know what? He's on a real cap-friendly contract because we paid half his salary and signing bonus. It's really a win-win for Toronto. I guess. They can cut him or keep him for next to nothing. Uh, final question we'll get to here this week. Uh, a lot of good surprises on the roster so far this season. Who's the one player you expected more from so far? On so the underachieving roster? right now? Is that the question? Yeah, I guess so. So, like, I mean, Micah Johnson, I guess, because the numbers themselves aren't there. Like, we talked about how yeah. bad the, the, the D-line was after him and Zach Evans got hurt in this last game against Hamilton. I, I gotta say, Naman Roosevelt. And I don't put that all on him. Actually, if I had to, a guy who had a bit of buzz coming out of camp had to be Solomon Means, considering they released Kresdon Butler to get him on the roster, and now he's not on the roster. So, I guess I would deem him as underwhelming for the year. Oh, that reminds me, we didn't talk about L.J. McCray and how well he did. He he's had a hell of a last week. A physical guy. He's from the you know played with the 49ers, so the guy knows pro football. Yeah. He's been a nice, uh, nice addition to the team. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Nick Marshall. Also a good choice. Uh, just the stats aren't there. I know. The, I mean, DB stats are kind of you know the glory stats when you get the interceptions. But if they're not throwing your way, that's. I mean, you're doing your job, right? So, but I mean, after a, after a, a real strong rookie year, they're going after him. They're going after him, and and the first couple wow. games of the year, anyway, it was working. And he's still the guy that seems to get beat a lot, but he's a very aggressive guy. He takes those chances, and he's he's there with them. But yeah, he's not tra- that he's a disappointment by any means. But I think I just expected you know to see that growth level from that we really haven't seen. I think I think last year with all of his interceptions, he thinks he's a ball hawk and he's jumping routes way too early. And if you notice, when he gets beat, it's absolutely never his fault. Ever. Always, never. Always looking at the refs. Well, to be fair, when receivers don't catch the ball, they're always complaining to refs too. So it goes both ways there. So again, send those questions to us at Piffles Podcast. Send those questions to us at Piffles Pod on Twitter. We'll try and get to some every single week. So we should, should we talk about this upcoming game against Montreal? That sounds like a good idea. I guess if, if we if we want to talk about rider football, I guess call the call the mash unit on this one. Uh, before we get to us talking here, riders in Montreal for the Tallgrass Apparel Enemy Preview. We're joined by Cliff of the Montreal Alouettes Flight Deck Podcast. Cliff, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. Now injuries 
everywhere for both these teams. We'll talk about the Riders' injuries uh, in just a little bit here. But from the Montreal side of things, quarterback, starting running back, like it's it's kind of a mash unit over there in Montreal too, isn't it? Well, it's certainly not the most ideal situation. It's certainly not the uh, quarterback matchup I was expecting to see when I saw the schedule earlier this year. Uh, instead of Vernon uh, Adams and William Stanback, now we're going to have Antonio Pipkin and Jeremiah Johnson. So uh, that makes things a, a little bit interesting. And yeah, you guys are definitely uh, starting to walk a, little, walk a little wounded yourself too. So that's uh, going to make for a very interesting matchup. Now I got to ask you from a Montreal perspective, looking on the outside or from a looking from the outside in, how the hell did Vernon Adams lose the starting job to Antonio Pipkin to begin with? Out of camp. That's a question, and uh, uh, I know Greg's going to This is a question you're going to have to ask Cavis Reed, because when training camp started, Vernon Adams was fourth, if you can believe that, on the depth chart. And for whatever reason, I'm, I'm sure there's reasons that we'll, we can always speculate, but uh, for reasons beyond our, our understanding, Adams was number four, whereas Pipkin was number one. But the, the beautiful thing about football is you just shut your mouth, you go to work, that's what Vernon did, and he proved everybody wrong. Anyone who was doubting, he proved them wrong. And it was clear, like that first game when Pipkin got hurt, and uh, Adam stepped in and basically let the Alouettes nearly come back and beat the Eskimos in week one, I think that proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that you can't sleep on this guy. You really cannot sleep on Vernon Adams. And the three-game winning streak that happened, further proof that this is this is the guy that there is no quarterback controversy in Montreal because Vernon Adams is the starting quarterback for the Montreal Alouettes. And the only thing that was going to stop him was injury. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened last Friday. So Alouettes this week added uh, Frederick Plesius to the roster. What do you think he's going to bring to the team? He's a bit of a hand hitter, which, uh, especially considering how uh, the special teams didn't do last week, uh, he'll be a welcome addition. He was the special teams demon both in uh, Hamilton and in Montreal, the times that he's playing there. Uh, I was actually looking forward to seeing him get out there and smacking a few folks around. Uh, as far as that goes, it's, it's more of a depth move than anything else, but again, I'm, I'm thinking with special teams playing the way they did against Ottawa last week, uh, they use all the help they can get, so if uh, there's someone out there that can go and uh, just get after the returner or just make plays happen, I'm all for that, and I think uh, Freddie can definitely do that at the Alouettes. Now, we saw what Deadman did last week to, to your special teams unit. Is there any concern coming into a, a game against a team that's also putting up a lot of a special teams touchdowns this season? Oh, you better believe I'm concerned. Again, uh, the special teams this year had just been kind of there. Like, they didn't really they, they didn't really bring much to the table, but they didn't take anything off the table. They just sort of did their job and let the offense or defense do what they had to do. But last week just showed what a glaring hole there is in that in that that particular unit and yeah it's definitely a concern and I know that Saskatchewan can light it up when it comes to kick and punt returns so this week at practice they, they spent a little bit of extra time trying to get that figured out because yeah the fact that the two Deadman returns went viral the way they did just made Montreal look even more foolish and uh, again as past couple of years have stated Montreal does need help looking foolish they do a pretty good job of that all by themselves so what's what's the vibe on Kahari Jones out of Montreal? Because we know him as a you know as the player as the quarterback with uh, 
you know, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers mostly, but he was the Riders quarterback's coach in 2013 when they won the Great Cup, and uh, now the head coach of Montreal. What's the vibe of him out there right now? Well, people have definitely bought into him. I mean, the fact that he's... He, this, this definitely was not the the way that he expected to start his head coaching career, but, man, he has definitely made the most of the opportunity, and the players have bought in hook, line, and sinker with everything that he said, and it's been really fun to watch. I, I love that the Alouettes now are posting the post-game speeches that he does to the players afterwards, and you can't help but get fired up just a little bit watching him because you, you see the passion, you see the dedication in his voice, and he knows that this is not an ideal situation. He knows that there's all sorts of extracurricular stuff going on with the ownership news and everything that's going on with the team, but it almost feels like, it's almost like he's saying to the guy, just tune that out Let's focus on what's going on, what we can control, what we can do on the field. They bought in. They they believe in him, and it's been pretty awesome to see. It's also been great knowing that finally there's a CFL head coach in Montreal with head coaching experience, which we didn't have last season. And you see now that's made a huge difference in how this team responds and how they react, and it, it's just been absolutely wonderful to see. Now you kind of touched on it with saying that there's been some changes post-game there with the Alouettes posting videos and such. Um, with the league owning the team as of right now, um, how has the experience changed from the Wetton Halls? And I guess, what do you see going forward as hopefully a new ownership group comes? Well, it's pretty clear that the league is trying their best to put their best foot forward when it comes to the Alouettes, trying to present them as the most positive light possible. Uh, again, uh, whether or not it's going to work, it's hard to say because I... Uh, seems like every week another ownership group gets vetted, they get sort of uh, treatment of you know, due diligence and all that stuff, and then all of a sudden they're back out of the race. So it's, it's been a really weird sort of courtship, if you will, when it comes to the Montreal Alouette and the, any potential ownership group. So I, again, I, I stated at the start of the year that I don't think we're going to see any major news as far as ownership goes until at least Grey Cup. I really think this, the league is just really taking their time, really trying to find the best possible suitor, which makes absolute sense. And again, I, it's one of those things I'm just personally myself not worrying about. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. I just have to have faith that whoever the CFL decides to be the next owners for the Montreal Alouettes, that they've done their due diligence, they've checked everything out, and this is a ownership group that's going to be dedicated to making Montreal Alouettes football relevant for years to come. Now, uh, the biggest question of all, prediction. How's this game going to go? I think it's going to be a fun game, all things considered. I mean, all these injuries now that we're now starting to see, it's uh, it's really uh, a little bit concerning, but uh, I still think it's going to be a good game no matter what. I really want to believe that last week's performance by Pipkin was just a blip on the radar. I really want to believe he's better than what we saw. And now that maybe he doesn't have that sort of distraction hanging overhead that he's the backup quarterback now, like now he's the man, so to speak, at least for this week, I'm hoping that's going to be what it takes. Like just having that pressure off of him, all he has to do is just go out and play. I'm hoping that's going to be enough for him to play his best football because we've seen how good he can be given if given the opportunity. So now that's what I'm looking forward to seeing more than anything else. And, and I, I really think this is going to be a fun game to watch, win or lose. I can't predict a winner because that's just not what I do, but uh, I definitely think this is going to be an entertaining matchup. All right, Cliff, where can people find your podcast? Uh, well, head on over to, uh, on Twitter, you can head over to 
at alouettesfldeck or head over to www.alouettesflightdeck.ca. And if you want to shoot me a follow on Twitter, you can do so at Cliffy D. That's C-L-I-F-F-Y-D. All right, Cliff, thanks so much for your time and uh, helping us uh, preview the game on this week's Tallgrass Apparel Enemy Preview. Oh, my pleasure. I hope, uh, like I said, I just hope it's going to be a good, exciting game and uh, may the best team win. And may that be the Riders. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Cliff. No problem. Thank you. Now let's move over to the Riders side of things here. Again, those injuries. Shaq Evans might play, might not. Kenny Stafford might be playing for him. The good thing, Kenny Stafford played in Edmonton with uh, you know Stephen McAdoo while he was offensive coordinator there, so he does know the offense, all two pages of it. <laughs> Just kidding. This year there's like three or four now. But uh, the injuries, it, it's really going to take its toll on this game. Well, it, def- it definitely takes out the biggest you know bonus that we've had going into the season with that defensive line. When you take away the guys like yeah, Micah Johnson and uh, Zach Evans, not to mention potentially AC Leonard as well, that's three quarters of your starting defensive line down to injury. You know that's not what you want to do going into uh, you know a key game going into the season. I did have to laugh at Charleston Hughes' Twitter where he posted a picture of him and uh, Ferraro on the on the plane. And he says, just me and the kicker. And I'm like, yeah, that's about all that's left on this team after all the injuries this last week or so. Bardown put out a, an article on that saying he was making fun of the injury situation. But it's, on the, I guess, is it plus side? At least Montreal is also walking wounded too. So it's kind of a fair trade, so to speak. Hey, so with the Riders' four wins this season, do you guys buy into the whole... Oh, they haven't beaten any anybody yet. Then no because one's then no one's beaten anybody in this league. Like, the, literally, no one's beat anyone in this league. And that's the thing. That's not at, true. Toronto beat Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Good play. Hey. Hey. Uh, but like when you look at it, all teams have had their problems this year, and nobody's really beaten. Like probably the, one of the better games of the year was Winnipeg Edmonton. But other than those two teams at that time, everybody else has had injury problems. Everyone else has had some sort of problems. I don't buy it. You have to, and Greg, you mentioned this. You have to play the teams that are put ahead of you. I think it was you. So it was me. Yeah. Uh, but like, you have to play the teams that you can't control what the other team puts in front of you. You have to go out there and beat them. Guess what? Everybody plays Toronto twice. Everybody plays BC twice. The Riders beat them for a combined three games. Yeah, we played Hamilton, one of the better teams without their starting quarterback. But guess what? BC gets them this week. And they beat us without our starting quarterback in week one, so... And everybody else is going to get Hamilton without Jeremiah Mazzoli this, this year, so... I, I always and I always hated that argument, well, well you haven't beat anyone yet. You, you beat the, pl- the team that is in front of you. Yeah, are some teams lesser than scores? That's just the way football works, but... You, you Look at the Riders for how many years. They would pl- they play to the level of the team that's in front of them. Always. And they would lose games they should win, and they would win games they should. They obviously should have lost. And but that's what teams do. So you just gotta play who you got. Oh, and they're going up against uh, well, I guess another backup quarterback with our backup quarterback who's hurt. He's the starter now, but every going into the season, every quarterback's a backup quarterback except for Mike Riley for some reason because I don't understand that. Because <laughs> he's, he's, he's back man, down. Because yeah. he's the toughest man in the world behind playing behind that old line. Hey. <laughs> Uh, BC had twelve old linemen practicing the other day. You think if they could, they, they could put all twelve. Team? They could put all twelve out there and see if that works. Well, they'd get too many men. But like, 
if they put 11 out there with Mike Riley, they'd still give up like 40 sacks. They didn't give up one this week. Well, by week. I bet you Mike Riley still got sacked at some point. Mike, Mike Riley's so confused he's laying on the ground looking out near hall. Just, just so he feels normal or what? Maybe. Thinking the Twitter interaction with, uh, what's his name? Bakes takes. Yeah. Man, is everyone mad at me this year? Am I just pissing off everybody? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm doing my job. Okay, well, let's get to our pick here. Week nine. We're in week nine of the season already. It seems like just flown by so far. Labor Day's like in no time. A couple, few weeks away. A few games away. For our our bus is one week from today. Tomorrow. What day is it? Sixth? Seventh? Our bus? Bus? The bus. The banjo bus. It's not one week. One month. Month. That's the word I was there looking for. There you go. Like, damn. <laughs> like, I'm whoa. not prepared at all for to be in a week. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Winnipeg anyway, they lost to Toronto last week. They're playing <laughs> Calgary this week. Calgary at Winnipeg. Who do you guys got? Calgary. Three-game losing streak. I'm going with Calgary as well, too. What do you lose to Winnipeg? You don't get any respect the next week. Riders in Montreal. I'm worried about the Saint, uh, Rue St. Catherine flu. It, that's a real thing. Can confirm. Yeah. Real thing. Real thing. I am going to go with the Riders, though. I think they'll find a way to pull it out with a little sprinkle of Jesus. I said it on Twitter, and I'll stand by it. Riders by 10+. plus. Uh, I'm with Greg. Sprinkle of Jesus all the way. Cody Fajardo. I'm all in. I'm all in on him now. He is absolutely the guy, and... We were discussing before the show, actually, should he be signed to a new contract? Yes. like He should be. A couple weeks ago. But he won't be. He because, won't be. Because he's going to eat. If his agent is smart, he's going to wait till the end of the year. Maximize his value. Max, maximize his value and push the, it to. I don't see him hitting free agency, but I think it's going to get close to free agency. See, there's a ton of risk with that because right now his stock is sky high. He's on a three game winning streak, he's looking great. He, he's making the plays. There's he no could just him. as easily tomorrow go on a six-game losing streak and be replaced by Isaac Harker and be looking for a job next year. He's a quarterback. He could be injured. Yep. Yeah. Maybe. <coughs> yeah. Look at look at Masoli. He's in a contract year. Gets hurt. It's going to cost him some money. So if I'm if I'm Fajardo, I'm I'm saying okay, yeah, you want to you want to pay me for a couple years? Give me some money now. You know, take my contract. That's what probably 150 grand this year. Let's uh, let's go ahead and double that, and then we'll talk. Got a, got a lot of money I, from I'm, Zach Caleros going the other way. I am assuming there's probably talks already in place. If not, there's a meeting to talk about talks. With what O'Day's <laughs> done in the last week, you have to yeah. know that he's he's got to be taking take, making calls to to the agent. So we're all on the riders this week. Ottawa at Edmonton. 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 Man, I wish their pretenders would win this game, but they're not going to. It's going to be Edmonton. Uh, and finally, BC at Hamilton. <laughs> oh, Hamilton. I'm going to go BC. You're nuts. I know. I predicted Montreal's first win of the year. Now's, now's BC's turn. Nobody predicted Toronto. Yeah, I was going to say, no one predicted Toronto's. But they beat Winnipeg. Yeah, they did. That was fantastic. Remember when that happened? We need, we need like a bell every time that's mentioned. Episode whatever number we're on. Winnipeg lost to Toronto. A uh, couple of nuts here. I'm actually going with BC as well. Coming after after the bye, they they have to, right? They lose this week, they're they're done. <laughs> they lose this week, they're dismantling. We they, have, they are literally dismantling. We gotta have at least one more week of media and people out in BC saying, Remember the last time they started one and six, they won the great cup. 
So we need them to do that again. One more week, it's going to happen. They, they need... And then they'll lose next week. If they, if they lose, it's a fire sale. But the only thing that cannot happen is Deron Carter can't get shipped out. Just for the Deron Carter Kiss My Ass Club. We need to see that dude kiss Deron's ass. That's it. I That's hope that really happens. I don't, the, I don't the, want a guy that trolled a professional the, football player to win Grey ah! Cup tickets. The guy is going to cancel, close his Twitter account if Deron lost the entire year. You know that's going to happen. All right, now that we've set our uh, quota of uh, swears this week with the Duran KMA Club, uh, I guess that's it for us this week here on the Piffles Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us this week. So give us a follow on Twitter at PifflesPod. Follow me at RealAlexD. You can find me at Safamod. Follow me at Greg on Sports. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash PifflesPodcast. On Instagram, just search PifflesPod. And of course, the website, PifflesPodcast.com. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Again, reminder, Thursday, August 8th, Miracle Treat Day. Go get a blizzard. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty, Tallgrass Apparel, Churchill Brewing Company, and Underdogs Memorabilia for their support for their support to make this show possible. Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is supported by Connexus. Next time you're stuck in traffic for a while, here's some things to think about. Instead of why the car in front of you is going so slow, is going so slow, or if the car behind you is trying to hitch a ride on your bumper. What if your bank was committed to working with you to achieve your goals? What if they cared enough to get to know you? What if they weren't successful unless you were? What if your financial well-being drove everything they did? Come see why things are different at Connexus. Stop by any branch to learn more about how Connexus cares. And we got one more song to sing us out this week. Tyler Gilbert, you know what it is. Great song, Ghost Behind Your Mind. Uh-huh.